Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. So we're starting a series uh, at Shaw Vineyard. We've never done anything quite like this before. We're calling it Heads and Tails. Uh, and the series is going to go a little like this. In the morning, we're going to kind of flip, flip the coin and do the head. And then at the night, we're going to flip the coin and we're always going to get a tail. So we're going to do the opposite side of two aspects of spiritual formation. We're calling it Heads and Tails of Faith Formed in Contrast. And we're giving ourselves a little bit of permission to push the boat out a little on one edge of a contrast or the other edge of a contrast with the idea of bringing it all back together again um, with the sense that it's, it's both sides of the same coin that are really significant. And so today, for this first Sunday, we're looking at Shaped by the Scriptures, which Calvin talked about this morning, which you can get on our website from uh, Tuesday. Um, and tonight we're going to be talking about Form by the Spirit, which I'm going to be uh, sort of um, uh, unpacking as we go over the course of tonight. And so the idea is that via um, uh, our website, via our podcast, um, via Facebook Live, this is the first time tonight that we've done Facebook Live at night, um, but for these five weeks, we want to encourage you to be looking, listening, and be aware of both the sermons that we do to get, in a sense, the whole story, the whole picture. And then as an additional thing, what we're going to do is on Tuesday of the week, and we're going to do a, a little bit of an, a, a discussion between the two speakers working on, so how did you find this exploration of the Scripture, Calvin? How did you find this, uh, this exploration of the Spirit, Vic? And um, to be working those two things together and seeing how we can pull these things together and, and to get a broader picture. So we want to encourage you um, to be here every Sunday night or Sunday morning, or if you want, ever wanted to come twice, that would be fantastic, but to listen to both of them as we go. And also to listen to that, um, that podcast, um, the conversation that we have led by DG um, as we explore some of those heads and tails and how they can form us. So it's going to be a very fun um, series, and we're really looking forward to, to, to wrestling with some of those things. Now, if you were to give me the choice of speaking about shape by the Scripture or form by the Spirit, I would take shape by the Scripture every time. I'm a Scripture sort of guy. That's the way that, I don't know, the way that my life has been. So I'm a, a read the Bible through in a year sort of guy. So I'm, I think I've been a Christian 38 years. This won't seem many in relation to 38 years. I think I've read, this, I've read the whole Bible in a year eight times in 38 years. So, you know, kind of that's every day through several chapters a day and getting to the end. That's, that's my go-to. I'm, I'm sort of a, um, a little bit and often, I sort of make that the foundation of who and what you are. I'm a, I'm a Bible smuggler, for goodness sake. I, you know, kind of a, I'm committed to taking the Scriptures to places that um, are, are persecuted and are, are unable to do it. Formed by the Spirit, though, I'm a little bit less easy. I'm a little bit less kind of in my sweet spot. And so it's lovely to be able to, to stretch myself a little in that area, a little lovely to push the boat out a bit and to explore a little bit of this idea of not only do we need to be shaped by the Scripture, we also need to be guided by the Spirit. And so as we go through tonight, 
we'll remember the tails to the heads and hopefully we will get some uh, sort of uh, attraction as we go along there. So I want to begin, and we're a small enough group so that we can have a little bit of feedback to and fro. Um, so don't be shy um, as I ask you a few questions. And there's no right and wrong answers, so we're not going to expose you or anything like that, but if you're brave enough. What are some of the great positives that you see in the Scriptures, in, in, in reading the Scriptures and what you can get out of the Scriptures? What, what are some of the great positives that we can get out of being Bible readers for a start. Positive influence? Yeah, absolutely so. It's, a, it's, a, it's an influence for our lives. What else? What other thing? Finding truth. Absolutely so. Fantastic. What else? I, I've, I've come to this side because I've got two answers out of there. Maybe I'll get one out of here in a minute, so then I'll come back here. But hey, you look, you look friendly as well. Okay, that's interesting. Yep. So, so we have some, we have some sort of, you know, some clear boundaries, some black and white things in the scriptures. Anything else? Um, just while we're going. Revelation of God's character. We see some of those things. I was sort of thinking about this, gave myself a little bit of a, a thing. These are the things that I thought. The scripture is substantial, isn't it? It's, it's unchanging. It's constant through millennia. It's true. Um, it's reassuring. I think those are some of the things that I at least find in my, in my daily Bible reading type things. So our theme for the night, of course, is the Spirit. So, so what do you think we get when we encounter the Spirit of God? So these might, might be some of the things that you would agree with Scriptures and some of the things that we've shared. What, what does the Spirit of God release to us, give us, um, give us the opportunity to explore? What do you reckon? Encouragement. Okay, great answer. What else? Had something here. Hearing the voice of God, that's a good answer too. Tangible love, that's beautiful too. Hope, I love it a lot. Spirit, what does the Spirit bring to us? Depth, okay, beautiful. It becomes personal, yeah, I like that too. Again, I did my own little brainstorm and I came up with this thing. The, the Spirit for me is, it kind of brings a freshness and excitement. It's a, it's a liberating thing. It's, it's immediate, and it offers an expanding view of God. It's a, it's a head and a tail, you know, all of those things where we're going, the, the substantial nature, the unchanging, the constant of Scripture, the freshness, the exciting, uh, the liberating nature of, of the expanding thing of what God's wanting to do. It's a beautiful thing to be exploring and wrestling with both of those things. And hopefully we'll get to do a little bit of that as we go through. The Scripture can sometimes seem like it's third person, written a long time ago. The Spirit can seem like it's first person, written to us today. Or not written, but, but released to us, working with and to working with those two things together. Paul seemed to have an idea of this when he said that the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. There's something about this Holy Spirit thing that as we wrestle with, as we grow in relationship, we begin to discover um, sort of a freshness and a new and tonight we get to consider some of those things as we go along the way. So let's look to the Scripture. And I mean, it's interesting that we would look to the Scripture to get a message about the Spirit, isn't it? So, so they are hand in glove, aren't they? Let's look at the Scripture and invite the Spirit of God to breathe what I'm saying is a fresh, exciting, liberating, immediate and expanding view of God. And so I want to take you to that scripture or the rest of that scripture about the lettuce kills and the spirit gives life. That's just um, bailed on me, Dan, I think, this thing. So if we can, if you can just give it to me again. 
we'll start with that anyway, and I'll see how I go. And so um, if you look in the message um, version, and I won't do it again, but Eugene Peterson, who, who wrote the, the message, is, is nearing the end of his life. Calvin gives a, a rather touching um, personal testimony in his message today, which I do hope you'll listen to from this morning. But, but Eugene Peterson wrote the message, and, and he says this, your very lives are a letter that anyone can read just by looking at you. Christ himself wrote it not with ink, but with God's living spirit, not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives. And I think this is a gobsmacking scripture. And so your very lives are a letter. So it's not so much a, you know, kind of something that we write about. Sort of, you know, we say, you know, Shante is this. But your very life is something that God is, is moving and shaping and developing along the way. Um, Christ himself is writing on us by the power of the Spirit, not with ink, but with God's living Spirit. And I love this thing, you know, not chiseled into stone. What, what was chiseled into stone? Do you know what we're talking about there? Ten Commandments, the law, the Ten Commandments. Chiseled into stone, not apparently chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives. This is what the Spirit is trying and, and, and developing and shaping within us as we allow Him to. What an exciting thing that we get to do. And Paul goes on from there. We wouldn't think of writing this kind of letter about ourselves. Only God can write such a letter. His letter authorizes us to help carry out this new plan of action. The plan wasn't written out with ink on paper, but with pages, with pages and pages of legal footnotes killing your spirit. It's written with spirit on spirit, his life on our lives. This is what Jesus is doing. This is what the Spirit of God is looking to do in our lives is imprint himself so that we become a living letter, a living representation of who and what he is. It's just a fantastic invitation of God. And so, so let's talk about this Spirit who is guiding us, who is forming us, who is leading us. Let's talk about how does that work? How does God guide us? Through the power of the Spirit. And we may have had some of those answers in some of our previous to, to our previous question. But how can you think of how has the Spirit led you, for example? Have you have you had an experience of that? Give us a give us an idea. Okay, word of knowledge maybe. Somebody, you know. I just um uh recently in, in, in a service and and um the, the speaker had two words of knowledge for people who had just walked into church for the first time that day. I just thought it was an incredible thing of God to pull, you know, kind of to draw that together. What else? What other ways do you think that the spirit works and draws us? Okay. So an awareness, almost a tangible sense. We had who said tangible love? It was you, Shanta? Yes, yeah, so tangible, the tangible presence of God. These are great things, aren't they? These are things that he's inviting us to look for and develop and to grow. I was, sort of, I was pondering this thing the other day, and I was thinking, I wonder whether one of the things is that he gives us the power to live. The Spirit of God gives us the power to live. It's one of the ways that he guides us. There's a verse in, in Acts that, that if you're my age, you will have heard a lot probably when you became a Christian. I don't know, maybe um, not everybody hears it all the time now, and it's Acts 1.8. And it goes like this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses to, in um, Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the outermost parts of the earth. There's a sense where this scripture is always seen as being um, an evangelism scripture, a missionary scripture, a going scripture. And I think it's a, it's a fantastic scripture for those. You know, working with your, your own local community, maybe your workplace, your family or something like that, slowly the, the rings go out and hear all of those things. But it's pondering this whole thing of, of us being living letters, you know, of God working on our flesh, 
of working on who and what we are. And I wonder if we applied that, because we're not all missionaries, aren't we? You know, kind of a, a lot of us won't go and end up being, you know, going to the outermost parts of the earth. So what does it mean? And I was wondering, you know, kind of, I wonder whether an aspect of this is he gives us the power to live, to be my witnesses, to be my letters, to be the person that Jesus is by the power of the Spirit. It's a wonderful thing that he, that he begins to work in us, and I, I think that he's, he's fashioning even in us now. It's a great thing for us to explore. I think another thing is he introduces us to the new things of God. Um, the, the Bible is established. It was established in about the fourth century. You know, you could decide what was in and what wasn't in. It's more, it's more or less has been there. We have different translations. We have different understandings. We have, we have different uh, scholarship that uh, uh, sheds light on it even through to today. But the Spirit walks us into some of the new things of God that we can look for. So Jesus talked in Matthew 9 about um, uh, um, new wine and old wineskins. And he said, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither will people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And if you study church history over a couple of thousand years, you've got this book that was written sort of over a 1,500-year over a period, but ended you know, kind of in the first century and then was collated in some of the early councils of the church. But you've got the work of the Spirit that you can see that has shed light on the book in some of the great moves of God that have happened since then. We often talk about, and, and it might seem old hat, but it's so gobsmacking, you know, the, the revelation or the realization of, of the evils of slavery, for example, Wilberforce and the Clapham sect and all of that sort of thing. Inspired by the scriptures, which don't out and out ban slavery, but, but with the freshness of the scriptures saying a loving God with a loving people and with an equality that we're supposed to have under God, created by God, then surely that that's wrong. We know that the evil of, of um, slavery is rife today, but we, we understand and we knew it back in the 1600s with Wilberforce. Um, uh, the equality of women would be something you know, that is a, is a much more recent um, arrival, but understood from the, the, the ongoing revelation that we have from the scriptures of equality and God made us equal and all of those things that we see, even with, that we wrestle with today. And, and certainly women in our congregation will know that better than me as a man. But this is the ongoing work of the revelation of the things that God is wanting us to do. Um, some, we talked about mission, the great missionary movements, the, 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 um, the Careys and, and the Hudson Taylors, and this, this realization that the gospel is something to be shed and taken. It's the, it's the light of the Spirit that is leading us into new things. It's a wonderful thing when that happens. You even have the example of Jesus at times seeming that, to contradict some of those laws that we knew before. And so a classic for me is the whole example of a woman taken in adultery. You might know that story. She's caught in adultery. She does seem sinful. She does seem to deserve to be stoned. So does he, but he's not there. But there's a whole lot of the kind of nuances to the story. And Jesus, in, in, a, in an inspired moment that we would know and understand even in secular society probably today, looks around at the accusers, males, of course, looks around at the accusers and says, you know, he is, who is without stone, sin, throw the first stone. And then they melt away because they can't throw the first stone because they know of their sin. And Jesus looks up and says, if they don't condemn you, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. 
And so you have this, this aspect of understanding and growing and even the things of the very Word of God and knowing that a loving God is going to take us through to understand those things. This is when we're shaped, formed by the Spirit, as well as shaped by the Scriptures, we get to see heads and tails, both sides of the coin. It's a lovely thing. So let me take you back to another Scripture, a little story for myself of, of I think, God speaking to me this week through the Scripture for tonight. So um, as I say, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a Bible reader, a bit of a, you know, kind of a let's read it every day person. At the moment, my rhythm is I'm listening to an app called Pray As You Go. So every day I listen to Pray As You Go. It's about 10 or 12 minutes long. It has a bit of music, has a bit of prayer, and has a bit of scripture. So that, that's my rhythm for now. It probably won't be forever, but for now. And so on Tuesday, I think it was, the reading was from Galatians 5. And the first line, the first verse of that, just, just as I was driving to work, it was just had the sense of, oh my goodness, that is incredible. If that's true, that's incredible. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. It's like, wow, that's amazing. So if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So a couple of things that I'll just say. I mean, isn't it great that that came to me in my car not long after I've started using Pray As You Go on the week that I was talking about led, you know, guided by the Spirit. Would, would you, do you think there's a Spirit of God aspect to that and the fact that I notice it? If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. It's just a fantastic sort of thing. I've got to share that tonight. There's something about the Scripture that God's giving to us that we need to share tonight. That, that's how it seemed to me. And so you could say, okay, well, what, are, what does that mean then? Can we just do anything? Can we do any old thing? There are no rules anymore. You know, the Ten Commandments was bunk and 613 Jewish laws and stuff, none of them apply anymore or something like that. And then Paul goes on. I'm going to jump back from there into the, into the message. And he describes, describes what a spirit-led life doesn't look like. And then he describes what a spirit-led life does look like. And it goes like this. And it's such vivid writing uh, as Eugene Peterson, he says it's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on. This isn't the first time I've warned you, you know. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. And so all of a sudden we have a scripture like this, well, if you're led by the Spirit, we're not under the law. And then we paint a picture of just, I don't know, hell on earth. You know, a life that we're clearly not wanting to descend into. We're not wanting to, to create a world that's like that. Surely we're not. And, and we discover, you know, the Spirit isn't licensed to do anything. Jesus said in um, John 16, 8, the Holy Spirit will convict us concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. So the Holy Spirit will speak to us along those lines. And then Paul weaves it again and he gives us, so here's a picture of what the Spirit-led life looks like. And this is from Galatians 5, 23. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, 
serenity. Isn't that a wonderful picture of, you know, kind of in our driven society? You know, kind of if this week that the Spirit of God could lead us towards affection, exuberance, and serenity, what a great life we would lead. What a great world we would have if we could be inspiring something like that. And then it goes on. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, but able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. And if you're a little bit of a student of the Bible, you will know that these are the verses, Galatians 5, 22, 23, but the fruit of the Spirit, and let's see if I can get them all, is love, joy, gentleness, and self-control. I did nine, but I think I jumped one. Goodness. Goodness. I got to nine even though I said eight. I was over-enthusiastic. And so this is the the guiding by the Spirit, leading us into these wonderful compassions and loyalty and wisdom. These are the things that the Spirit will lead us towards. So how does the Spirit guide us? Well, I think he guides us by speaking truth about how we live, going back into John 16. Jesus, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. So the Spirit of God is is here. The Bible's written a long time ago. Jesus died a long time ago. The Spirit of God is here tonight to guide us into all truth. How does the Spirit of God lead us? By personalizing our relationship with God. Jesus, again, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And so when we have the Holy Spirit, when we are being guided by the Spirit, we are all able to have Jesus with us in us, through us, around us, in our, in our desperation, in our pain, in our loneliness, in our success, in our, in our opportunity, in our, in our wealth, all of the things, both sides of life, we are able to know and expect that the Spirit of God is going to be with us. How does the Spirit guide us? I think he guides us by showing us what God's up to. And in a vineyard context, as a vineyard church, one of our key foundational formational scriptures is John 5.19. John 5.17 says the Father is always at work. And in John 5.19, Jesus says, I only see do what I see the Father doing. And that's been a call that's drawn us as vineyard people to be looking always for the moving of the Spirit of God. What's the Father doing? and to do more of that. And so as we come to a conclusion tonight, that indeed is what we must do. We must invite the Spirit of God to come and to be with us, to lead us and to guide us, to shape us even as we're here and see what He has for us. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.